Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to your week ahead with the Mama Dada Astrology Live right here on the My Astrology Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the best time of your week ahead of time. You ready? Ready for us.
Peace, peace, welcome. You are live. We are live right here on the My Astrology Coach Radio Network, and we are in full effect, y'all. What's up? What's up? <laughs> I say um, definitely don't want to go a step further without giving honor, praise, reverence, and remembering our divine righteous ancestors, for without whom we would not be here. And thank you, thank you, Brother Ampu, for another opportunity to broadcast and share and receive so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening week in and week out. I'm speechless over the Astro Love gifts that just resonate so loud and clear with me that I am to continue on a path that uh, was not necessarily laid out for me. So, um I haven't really seen the the blueprint for what I'm doing and when you what we've talked about over and over again about astrology being ruled governing Aquarius being ruled by Uranus governing the 11th house of the 12th houses of the astrological wheel and it's just ahead of its time so I I'm just thankful for the resonance for the correspondence, for the love, the astro love gifts, the appreciation. It's an honor and a pleasure to be back before you guys another week. A super special shout out to all my mama's babies. Whew, couldn't do it without y'all. <laughs> and um, I'm learning so much from y'all. That's the most amazing part that I really didn't see coming, and it's been the most beautiful surprise. Um, just to to have one of your babies on the phone just, you know, disseminating and uh, interpreting their own transits in the way that spirit is giving them to translate it and comparing that to, and it just, it's all in sync, it all flows, it's all been so uh, just rewarding, and um, I'm just happy to be here, y'all. I won't belabor the introduction any longer. We are here in the week ahead. We will be covering June the 19th, Sunday, through Saturday, June the 25th. Oh, y'all, <laughs> I'm broadcasting live. I'm sitting here drinking water and, you know, focusing on my breathing because I am in the mountains. The altitude here is pretty high. And so there's been an adjustment with my sinuses. <laughs> there's been an adjustment with my um, breathing. So uh, y'all just bear with me today if you can. Y'all always do. I, y'all just amaze me. I watch on the line and people just hanging in there the whole show and, and even seeing in the archives that people literally will listen to this show the entire way through every week, week in and week out. And it's just it's it's a pleasure to, you know, share this energy in this space with y'all. We're in this together, y'all, my mama's babies, um, and we're rocking, we're rocking and rolling in the week ahead. In last week's episode, I failed to mention two pretty significant um, transits. Um, I was so focused on um, Neptune stationing. So, and with that, keeping that in mind, <laughs> when Neptune is stationing, it's one of these outer lying planets. It's one of these outer transiting planets. I believe the the orbit for um, Neptune is somewhere around 84 years. Um, and 
it's it, it's not a personal planet. I'll put it like that. When you're talking about the sun, when you're talking about moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, you're talking about personal planets that when they station, like Mars is about to finally here in the in next week's week ahead, Mars is about to finally station direct again after having been uh, retrograde since April 17th. And so um, for Aries, uh, Aries rising, um, people people who have prominent um, Scorpio, since Mars is an ancient ruler of Scorpio, Pluto, the more modern ruler, uh, so that would include Scorpio risings and Scorpios as well. People with prominent placements of this energy in their chart, they tend to be the ones that feel it the most when these stations take place. Um, uh, so, yeah, with uh, Neptune stationing here, definitely my Pisces, Pisces rising. Um, for some reason, I want to throw Virgo in there too, but for sure Pisces with um, uh, Neptune ruling Pisces, just even more so. Your re- reality versus illusion, reality versus uh, imagination, um, on the very low end, deception is our themes and keywords that are really sensitive to the shift in energy that has recently occurred as of last week. So you can go back if you missed last week's episode as usual. You can go down in the episode information for today's show and click the link that links you back to last week so you can catch up. Um, You can listen to the link from last week, and it will talk about the energies we're going through right now, today, Wednesday, June the 15th, in (laughs) the high altitude of the mountains. So um, once again, bear with me. We are going to get this out. As a matter of fact, yeah, okay. I was looking to see if in the time zone I'm in now that it w- I would still be broadcasting in Mercury Hour, and I am. So we're all good. Whatever message, divine message spirit wants to get out to all my faithful listeners and mama's babies um, uh, regarding the week ahead, June 19th, Sunday through Saturday, June 25th, I promise you it's going to come out. And we're going to start with... <laughs> Last week, what the, what we what we missed going over, uh, Mercury entering Gemini at the top of the week Sunday this past Sunday June twelfth, six twenty two p.m. Central um, Central Time, uh, right before Neptune stations on Monday, and then uh, Venus entering Cancer. Venus entering Cancer here coming up on the seventeenth um, on. Friday, okay? Yes, Friday afternoon. And so, um, sorry, y'all. So what I'm going to do since uh, the sun enters cancer in our week ahead here on Monday, June 20th, I'm going to combine the ones that would have been from last week's uh, week ahead that's coming up here in our coming weekend um, on Friday. Venus entering Cancer, I'll just combine it with this week's uh, when you listen out for Monday's um, sun entering Cancer information. I'm just going to combine them, and I got something for all the signs, okay? So listen up for sure. 
to your sun sign. That's the zodiac sign you say or the name of the constellation you retort when someone asks you, oh, what's your sign? That That's your sun sign. Uh, you want to listen out for your moon sign. You're going to only be able to access your accurate moon sign having your time of birth, okay? If, if you have your time of birth, not only can you access your moon sign, but where every other planetary uh, body was at the time of your birth, okay? So you want to listen out for sun sign, moon sign. Moon sign is going to be significant because it's going to color what, um, how you emotionally are going to respond to given energies. When I'm reading the horoscopes for Taurus, if your sun sign's in Gemini, but your moon sign's in Taurus, that's, you're going to interpret the energy differently uh, emotionally than you are uh, by the way you ex- express yourself, your sun sign, okay? So you want to start for sun, moon, as well as rising or ascendant sign, which is also only um, going to be able to be determined given a time of birth, okay? So let's keep it moving, y'all. Um, that'll be sun and Venus entering cancer that we'll talk about in conjunction, in combination together in the week ahead. Uh, Mercury entering Gemini. <laughs> It, you can tell if you can tell Mercury entering Gemini it what kind of energy it is just by the simple fact that I missed talking about it last week, and that Mercury plays a significant and Gemini <laughs> plays a significant role in my Madonna's personal chart. So Mercury's a fast moving planet. It's it's all about movement. Okay, it uh in it. In a certain um, interpretation, Mercury can be the trickster, right? And so it moves fast before you even know it. It rules Gemini because Gemini is a sign of multiple faces. Uh, I say two or more because Gemini rules multiples and various um, variety. So with Mercury Mercury entering Gemini, uh, Mercury is entering an area where it naturally rules. Mercury naturally rules Gemini there in the third, that also governs the third house. Um, and Mercury also governs Virgo there um, covering the sixth house territory, okay? And so Mercury being in Gemini means Mercury's right at home. It feels like doing everything Mercury want to do. Not, and it don't have to put a twinge of, you know, if Mer- when. <laughs> Mercury goes into Cancer next, uh, Mercury is going to maneuver in an area uh, more defined by home, what makes us comfortable, a more nurturing feel. But here in Gemini, Mercury feels like doing exactly what Mercury came here to do, which is move really fast, Um, just as fast as a thought moves since Mercury rules all the mental processes that we have, rationalizing, um, contemplating, um, remembering. Any mental faculty is ruled by Gemini, um, uh, is ruled by Mercury, and here in Gemini, it's the lower kind of mind as opposed to Sagittarius uh, being the higher mind. Um, Mercury in Gemini means just a double dose of mercurial energy uh, when it comes to our our mind and when it comes to travel. Um, um, Mercury's moving direct. It's out of shadow. I mentioned that last show, so even more so 
Mercury is in its element, it's full steam ahead and ready to roll, okay? And I want y'all to be feeling exactly the same way, okay? You know, moving direct, especially with um, this energy while Mars is about to station direct here, and we're going to be finally feeling like we can move forward in something. Guess what? We got the the mind or the mental uh, environment right now with Mercury entering Gemini as of this past Sunday the 12th um, to to start getting there mentally. If you go there in your mind, you're going to go there in your body. And if you go there here while Mercury so um, powerfully is moving through Gemini territory and feeling so at home and cozy in its um, just forward fast movement, um, then by the time Mars stations uh, direct here in Scorpio, no less. Come on with it. (laughs) While we are being still, since April 17th, still being introspective about these actions that we're taking or want to take and still being introspective about um, how we're manifesting Mars energy in, in our lives. Are we manifesting it via aggression and anger and, and violence and war and you know, are we manifesting it by way of, you know, being brave, <laughs> being courageous, being the soldier, being the early bird that gets the worm, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a very interesting ride, considering that Mars retrogrades only occur um, approximately once every couple of years. Uh, it, it's definitely been an energy to take note of, especially since it governs something that's so intricately interwoven into the very fabric of us getting up out of bed in in the rising and making any movement toward anything. It takes that Mars energy to do that drive, ambition, um, uh, sex, um, um, things that drive us and and get us up when we got to get up. That's Mars, that's Aries, that's first house energy right there, okay? And so... Um, Let's get to these horoscopes. I want to I want to equip y'all, arm y'all, ready y'all, steady y'all uh, to maneuver through this Mercury in Gemini energy in the most uh, impactful way that you can, just a real conscious way. I love these um, horoscopes that I get from. <clears throat> where are these from? The Dark Pixie Astrology because. Uh, it's just real short, sweet, to the point, and it and it talks. It speaks directly to the area of space that's being affected, considering the sign you're listening out for, sun, moon, or rising, um, and in some real practical ways. Some things you can think about, some things you can write down, some things you can do to uh, maneuver through. And it's interesting that I said think about and write about. Those are all mercurial faculties and keywords right there. And and keep in mind, I'm about to give you all some Mercury going through Gemini uh, horoscopes. So that's just Mercury on Mercury on Mercury on Mercury. So keep that in mind as I'm going through these, okay, y'all? Let's see here. We're going to start out with Gemini since Mercury is entering Gemini or going through Gemini as of this past Sunday. And for my Geminis, uh, you know, y'all have been having – if if Mercury is entering your sign, Gemini, that means it's been in Taurus, right? So when it retrograded there, that's why I was there for so long. And so 
while Mercury was in Taurus, it was going through your 12th house. That's the house that an energy or planet is going through. That final last 12 out of all the 12 times, all the 12 houses, you just have had Mercury going through your 12th house, that final last house of letting go, of releasing, of ending, of, you know, ruled by Neptune. So it's so vast. Um, But now you got Mercury going through that first house of Gemini. Okay, Gemini's? And so you likely felt like you had to keep a lot to yourself. Um, that 12th house is also the hit, the house of hidden things, Gemini. Um, it's also the house that governs, like, the being in the background as opposed to first house of being in the spotlight. And so you've, you've had, you may have felt like you had to keep a lot to yourself and you weren't free to be open about your ideas, opinions, or projects. But now you can start to open back up, okay? Keep in mind these mercurial Gemini keywords, Gemini, which you, I mean, I'm talking to Gemini, so you're ruled by this mercurial energy, but I'm just putting it into the forefront, the frontal lobe of your mind, okay? Um, You can open back up now. Mercury is going through your first house now, spotlights on you, Gemini, and you can show everything that you've been quietly in the background, hidden things, confinement, imagination, meditation, sleep, dreams, working on. Okay, Gemini? You can step out of the shadows and into the light, and you can be more comfortable in the spotlight at that. Okay, Gemini? You can take your ideas, put them to use, get started on new projects, and you may have a lot you want to say and share, and you can open up the lines of communication once again, okay? Good for y'all. Virgo, <laughs> I'm doing y'all next. All my mutable signs, speak, I, they're going to mutable, mutable, grand mutable cross. <laughs> um Gemini, uh, Mercury going into, not just to Gemini's, but Mercury going into Gemini, which I'm reading horoscopes for now, um, is activating uh, again, or, or in, um, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's activating. It's, it's adding, it's joining the party. <laughs> I think that's the most concise way to say it. Mercury is joining or has joined since as of Sunday the grand mutable cross party, okay, Gemini being a mutable sign. I'm reading now for Virgo, and I'm going to read for Sagittarius and Pisces too next um, here back to back because y'all are all the mutable signs. Y'all much more so and much more prominently uh, um, in, in your conscious awareness from our Geminis, Virgo, Sagittarius, Pisces, all the mutable signs. When I was talking about before how this grand mutable cross is kind of, you know, the wheel of fortune turning and, you know, um, it's like the square where we turn the corner. I'm always talking about the, the square and turning a corner and the grand, the grand cross being four, four squares. Um, and so that's all, these pivotal parts of, of life being hit first, our self, right, Aries, Mars, just the, the impetus to go. Uh, fourth house, that's that's home. That's at the very bottom of the of the wheel. That's where we feel most at home in our most private selves and our most insular selves. Okay, then we've got, uh, and that's our family. That's where we come from. That's our ancestry. That's our roots. Okay, 
and then we got this the third most pivotal part of of any of any chart and energy is that a wheel is that seventh house, which is opposite the first house where we started from, and that's the, the where the relationships are. The other is any other that we're in relationship with, with is, and so that's pivotal. These are areas of our lives that when things happen here, it rocks us to the core. Let something happen to yourself, you're gonna be rocked. Let something happen to home or family. They're in the fourth house. You're gonna be rocked. Let something happen to your partner, your business partner, your 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 spouse. You're gonna be rocked. And then that that final tenth house there, the the um at the top of the chart, the most public part, as opposed to the fourth house at the bottom. At the top is the most public part, um, um, the life direction part, where we're headed, our goals, um, karma, you know, parent right there. Um, and so these are really areas where when they're touched, they rock us. And when all four are being touched, grand cross is occurring, then you really, really want to pay attention. You really, really want to utilize any spiritual tools that you have access to, astrology being one of them that I highly recommend in addition to any divination that you um, practice on a regular basis. Um, Shout out to Keisha, by the way. Um, Keisha is on the My Astrology Coach Network and team um, as a tarot reader and just all-around spiritually adept person who – she she she's just amazing. So inquire about her, inquire about her services, and really take advantage of um, another spiritual tool that you can really sink your teeth into. Okay, and so um, I'm I'm doing Virgo next, Sagittarius and Pisces because I want all my mutable signs to stay on top right now. It's still a very active energy. This grand mutable cross. It's still a very impactful energy. It's still a very potent, powerful energy that, I mean, come on, if you're on the right side of the wheel, if you're on the top of the wheel as opposed to the bottom about to be crushed, it, it makes a difference. And so um, with with u- utilizing astrology as a tool, you get to turn with the wheel. The wheel turns in your favor because even with Uranus, um, you know, Uranus being the sudden and the unexpected things, Uranus ruling astrology, even with the sudden and the unexpected, it's it's cool to at least know in advance so you can predetermine how you're going to maximize, max, what I call max out, <laughs> how you're going to max out and maximize these energies for the, the the highest benefit of yourself and all those that you are divinely connected to, okay? Uh, Sorry to belabor, Virgo. Um, You've likely been thinking big. We're talking Mercury entering Gemini now. Uh, You've been having Mercury in your ninth house is going into your tenth. So you've likely been thinking big and focusing on plans for expansion, Virgo, and may have felt like you didn't have the space or freedom to do what you wanted to do fully. But now, Virgo, (laughs) you can have a more practical approach instead of focusing on big ideas that may not be feasible. You can focus instead on making long-term plans and understand what you can realistically. Tenth house, Virgo, is ruled by Saturn. So it's all about the practical, the realistic, um, self-discipline, being responsible. 
and you can have renewed focus for your goals and ambitions, and you can focus solely on what's important and ignore, and ignore the rest. A 10-house Saturn wants to trim the fat, Virgo, so trim the fat and, you know, keep it bare bones for the duration of Mercury being in Gemini season. <laughs> and and here at this pivotal, grand, mutable cross energy still being so highly active, um, the, the what we how we decide to utilize this Mercury in Gemini energy is going to really make the difference. I mean, come on, thoughts are things. Mercury is significant in astrology in our lives. That the energy of communication and movement is is highly significant. And it's inextricably linked <laughs> to what must be done by all of us, no matter how this energy is affecting us personally. Um, it must be done in order to look up in cancer season when where Mercury is going to go next after it leaves Gemini. And we can really feel at home and comfortable that we made a decision that, you know, um, does justice to where we have come from in that fourth house of ancestry and uh, and that we can really live with. That's another fourth house keyword of home and residence and real estate and property, okay? So next up, Sagittarius, you've probably been focusing a lot on work. You're having a progression from Mercury coming out of that sixth house into the seventh. And so the things that need to be done and have demanded more from you um, but you may have been a bit more stressed out, okay? That's that six houses ruled by Virgo Sagittarius. So if you've been a little stressed, that's why. Now, Sagis, you can bring your attention to an area you probably haven't had as much time for, your relationships. You can talk things over with loved ones, get their opinion on things, and you can do your best thinking with a partner. You can see both sides of arguments, and you can be compromising fair and try to get everyone on the same page, okay, Sag? Um, seventh house is ruled by Libra, and it wants to balance it. It's governed by the energy of Ma'at, so it wants to balance things out fairly, um, and it wants to harmonize and be diplomatic and tactful, and, and, and so keep your heart light like a feather, okay, like the Ma'at feather, okay, Sag? And that's going to really uh, see you through Mercury during Gemini season like a pro. Pisces, my last mutable sign, last significant pivotal, uh, you know, point of the chart, which is that fourth house. Y'all have had Mercury in the third, but now it's going to be in that fourth of feeling right at home, okay, Pisces? <laughs> You've probably been all about the mind lately. You're kind of coming up out of this third house of Gemini, okay? And so you know it all too well, Pisces. Um, you've been probably focused on your ideas, your thoughts, your opinions, and processing everything logically. But now, Pisces, you can focus more on your heart and emotions where you're most comfortable, okay? Um, the most comfortable part of yourself and ask yourself what you feel instead of only what you think. You've been in a very thinking place, Pisces. Now you're moving into a place where you're going to be 
more in line with the natural energies that are going on for you, Pisces, if you move out of the thinking, don't not think, Pisces, <laughs> clearly, but rely, at least ask yourself more than you may have before, at least here in the recent past, ask yourself more, what what do I feel? What am I feeling? Okay. You can be guided by your emotions at this time, Pisces. That's why you're a, a emotional sign. You're a water sign. So rely, um, consult more with that natural part of yourself um, by way of your emotions. You can express what you're feeling more easily. You can also focus on your home and family life, Pisces, making improvements and strengthening your internal foundation and external support system, another fourth house keyword support, that fourth house at the bottom of the wheel, the base support, okay? Can, I'm going to move through the rest of them pretty um, quickly just so we can stay ahead, And um, but I wanted to get those first four out the way for the mutables because I just want to continue to make that emphasis. If you know a mutable in your life, a, um, a Gemini, a Virgo, a Sag, a Pisces, I'm not going to say, <laughs> you know, it's no no. No need to feel sorry for anybody. I mean, we're all, it, like, once again, we're going to be the ones, I say we because I have this significant energy in my chart as well, mutable energy. Uh, we're going to be the ones that this plays out through and is kind of read through. That's why it's hitting these pivotal parts of our charts, first house self, fourth house support, seventh house other, tenth house career, life direction. So... I'm not going to say take it easy on the mutables in your life, but I'm going to say know and understand that they're being churned, okay? Turned, churned, <laughs> challenged, tested. Look, time four. <laughs> so uh, keep that in mind. Love a mutable near you. And uh, I'm going to go on with the rest of them, okay, because there's no less significance that the rest of these hold. It's just that they're they're not happening in uh, this grand mutable cross energy is not happening in these signs, okay? Still all very related, though. Cancer, you're going from an 11th house to a 12th house Mercury tra- transit with Mercury entering Gemini coming about a Taurus finally since the retrograde is over. Um, Cancer, you've likely been thinking more about your future, questioning your dreams, sharing with everyone, and now you'd like some time to yourself. Yep. To go over your ideas without anyone else getting in the way. All right, Cancer, you can come up with ideas on your own. You can keep your plans to yourself while you work on them quietly. Other people can drain you mentally, okay? So you can use the time to yourself, Cancer, to replenish your mind. You can let your imagination soar, and you can get lost in your own fantasies. Libra, you're coming. uh, Mercury's been going through your eighth house. It's now going through your ninth and you've likely been focusing a lot on serious matters. Eighth house is, is the house of deep <laughs> intimacy sharing, taboo, psychological, uh, others resource, share resources, and so and, and very intense and extreme energy. So you've likely been focusing on a lot of serious matters, have been stuck in foul moods, or have been prone to extremes. 
Now, Libra, you can look at the bright side and want to focus on big ideas. Ninth house is all about Sag, positivity. That's a key word. We got the Sag, second Sagittarius full moon looming here in the week ahead. So, uh, Libra, y'all are dealing with Mercury being in Gemini through that Sag ninth house, okay? Um, Look on the right side now, pretty easy. Focus on big ideas, plans for expansion, and new experiences you can have. Sag is a sign of adventure. Um, (laughs) You can be more optimistic, Libra. You want to see the bright side to every situation. You can be more gregarious, and people can enjoy spending time with you. You can be interested in learning new things, and you can also enjoy teaching or writing. Moving on to Capricorn. Capricorn, you are dealing with Mercury uh, entering Gemini, leaving your fifth house of fun and enjoyment, and now it's time to get to work in that sixth house, okay, of Virgo. So Capricorn, you've probably been focusing on doing what you love and being with the people you love and haven't had time for work or much focus for the things that need to be done. That can change now, Capricorn, and you can focus on the work. Like I said, you have to do come up with new work ideas and projects, and you can pay attention to the little things like Virgo, Six House, the details, the fine print. <laughs> you can be more mentally disciplined, and you can get things done. Yes, Mercury going through that Sixth House is going to make you very mentally astute. So enjoy, Capricorn. Moving on to Aries, Um, Mercury is moving from your second house of personal finances and and values and self-esteem, Aries, into that third house of Gemini, of mental. You are experiencing, Aries, Mercury and Gemini through your Gemini house. So that's a double, do- that's a triple dose because we already got the planet that rules Gemini, Mercury moving through Gemini. And then we got that moving through your third Gemini house. Mercury on Mercury on Mercury, Aries. <laughs> Don't be, Mer- Aries, <laughs> do not be afraid to take a mental break. Do not be afraid to take a mental health day if you still work in corporate America. Do uh, do not be afraid to meditate, to just let, blank out and let it all go and be real quiet, okay, Aries? Because it's, I, like I said, I'm not laughing. I'm, it's, it's, I once again, I have prominent Mercury and Gemini energy in my chart, so I'm very familiar with this energy. And sometimes it can be a bit much to to have that much mental activity going on. So I'm speaking from experience, and I'm telling you what I know. Do not be afraid to take a mental time out to to get back to zero, to where you don't have, see, Gemini's real busy, okay? Let me help you out with this Gemini energy and this mercurial energy. Uh, I, I already told y'all it governs movement and travel, but it, it's, it's, it's it's described by movement, so that alone gives you a, a, um, an idea of how it feels to, to have this energy stimulated in your chart and in your life, okay? So, Aries, don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> um, the slow mental energy you have had for the last few months, Aries, can finally start to speed up. You can have plenty of new ideas, lots to say and share, and you can express yourself more easily, Aries. 
you can make decisions quickly and you can be interested in lots of different things, variety, various, remember? You can focus on many different projects, ventures, and ideas and can be more sociable and engaging. You might feel a little scattered from all the extra mental energy, so write things down. Ooh, that's awesome to remember, write things down. And, um, oh, I was just going to add that, you know, since Gemini does rule variety and um, really multitasking, if you do have um, an activity or a project that you need to accomplish or complete or get done that involves a variety of, of, of to-do, you know, portions of it that need to get done, this may actually here over the few weeks where Mercury's in Gemini for you, Aries, going through a Gemini house, just all that mental energy, that's one way to uh, utilize it, you know, on a higher vibration, just getting more things done, not necessarily in a Mars way where it's active, but in a Mercury way where it's mentally active. So once again, yes, writing things down. When Mercury is on full in your life, the thoughts are coming, you know, real quick. The ideas are coming real quick, okay, Aries? The the mental energy is coming quick, and you got quick on quick on quick <laughs> with this Mercury and Gemini through your Gemini house. So don't be afraid to record something, uh, your voice, Mercury rules, you know, any, any message. It can be a verbal message, a written message. Um, and watch especially while Mars is still retrograde Aries um watch once again the the cat the the um advice I've given for weeks and, and weeks and weeks and weeks especially uh with Mars having been retrograde since April 17th think twice Aries before you speak and continue to think twice before you do anything uh but I was just wanting to specify the thinking part and just writing stuff down <laughs> if you write it down and and and, it's, and read it out loud and it still sounds good, go and tell it. Go on and tell it. Just go on and say it. <laughs> All right, Leo. Uh, you are dealing with Mercury uh, moving in, into Gemini, leaving your sixth house, going into. That's not right. Because that was Sagittarius. So for uh, I put the same thing for a different one. Hold on, I'm about to tell you right now after I read it. <laughs> Leo, you, look, for my Leos, you've likely had to be very practical, okay, and focused on your plans or felt like maybe you weren't going in the right direction, okay, Leo? Now you can think outside the box, yep, 10th house into 11th house, and let your dream, and let yourself dream up some wilder scenarios, all right, Leo? this We're talking about... 10th house into 11th house, so Mercury and Gemini is going to be in your 11th house, your Aquarius house, the very uh, Aquarius energy that's directly opposite your energy on the wheel, okay? And so this is your shadow side we're talking about here and the alternate um, a part of yourself um, that tends to manifest through the other in your life. That's why it's um, the 7th house for you. But Mercury and Gemini is going through your t- 11th house. You was in your 10th, now going through your 11th. And so... That's straight up, you know, originality, uniqueness, um, future forward, okay? You can come up with real original ideas right now while Mercury is in Gemini Leo and embrace unconventional methods. You can bounce ideas off of other people and see what they have to say. You can think about your dreams for your future and how you can achieve them. Scorpio, 
you are dealing with um, Mercury coming out of your seventh, going into your eighth, and you've likely been focusing a lot on your relationships, okay, Scorpio, while Mercury toured Taurus, the very opposite sign for you dealing with relationships um, for a very long time. You you dealt with Mercury going through Taurus direct, and then it backed on up and retrograded through that thing, and and it was there for a while. So um, you've been dealing with uh, energy relating to partnerships a lot and for a long time. Um, you've likely been uh, focusing on the people in your life, trying to be more compromising and fair and striking a balance, but maybe feeling out of balance and having relationship issues. But now, Scorpio, you can focus on more serious matters, a very familiar area since eighth house rules Scorpio or is ruled by Scorpio. Um, getting down to the nitty-gritty, Scorpio, you know how y'all research and investigate and, you know, y'all rule all things mysterious. And you can work on strengthening the emotional bonds in your relationships since the eighth house, Scorpio, is a water house, um, water sign. And um, you can have, so you can have less issues when you're focused on strengthening those bonds and going deep and being intimate and, and dealing with psychological issues and the taboo and the things that, you know, uh, tend to be glossed over since Scorpio 8th house is about depth and intimacy as opposed to the typical superficial surface level. And so, Scorpio, you can talk things over and get to the heart of the matter. You can be very good at research now, and you can think about ways to transform your life for the better. Eighth house is the house of shared resources, Scorpio. And Aquarius. Uh, Mercury into uh, Gemini uh, is talking about Mercury going from your fourth house to your fifth house. So you're going from house, home, family, uh, thoughts, you know, thinking about that with Mercury being the planet here, into an area of fun and enjoyment and children and dating and romance and games and sports, okay? So Aquarius, um, you've likely been focusing a lot on your emotions, how you feel at home within yourself, personal security, inner foundation, um, and how you feel about situations or people. Now, Aquarius, you can be more positive with your outlook You can feel more creative and inspired, fun, enjoyment. You can focus on what you find fun, Aquarius, and you can inject creativity into anything you do. You can communicate the love you feel, and you can entertain people with your stories and theatrics since Fifth House also rules acting and drama and the stage, the spotlight. Okay? And lastly, Taurus, never least Taurus. Um, you have probably grown weary while Mercury was in Taurus as long as it was in your sign, Taurus, um, of the extra mental energy you've had Um, and all of the communication or technological woes, not to mention everything else that goes wonky in a Mercury retrograde. But now, Taurus, your mental energy can slow to a more manageable pace, not so much blasted <laughs> Mercury, Gemini, well, Mercur- Mercurial activity all up in your sign, Taurus. Taurus is Earth sign. Taurus, title and ready for Mercury to be all up in that Earth. And so um, you don't have to feel like you're so on edge mentally, Taurus, okay? 
Um, you can take more time to think things through since your mental is slowing down on you for you, and you won't let anyone rush you for anything, Taurus. You probably feel like you deserve to have some time to slow down now, and it can also be a good time for you to focus on your finances and financial plans, all right? So thank you all for letting me recap that real quick before we jump into the week ahead. Um, and, you know, just I had started introducing last week the little uh, – and we're right here at 10 minutes before the hour. So I'm going to uh, play a real – I didn't even get through the whole song last week, but especially, like I said, I'm here in this high altitude. I can just feel this high altitude. I live in the south, so <laughs> this is very different for me. I'm going to take a quick break, get some water, and breathe deeply and come back and do the last half of the show. Thank you guys for calling in. Thank you guys for listening online. I appreciate you, and I'm coming back to hook y'all up in the week ahead. We're going to do it real B.I. when we're talking about this second Sagittarius full moon at the critical 29th degree of Sagittarius, okay? So y'all just hold on. Bear with me. Be right back.
All right, y'all, I'm back. Thank you for bearing with me. I'm refreshed and ready for the second half of the show. Um, I want to mention before I get into the second half too far, um, the June Inner Wisdom specials are still lit. Thank you guys for, um, in addition to the amazing Astro Love gifts, uh, the June Inner Wisdom special is for all of you who... (laughs) When I've tried to promote other services, it's like, but what about the birth chart? And so I I put that on special here in the month of June because that is the inner wisdom, the hidden wisdom of knowing thyself astrologically that starts with that birth chart. And I just do a birth chart report that's pretty about as extensive. I haven't seen one that's extensive, but I haven't ordered all the birth chart reports that are out there. Um, But it breaks down every planetary position. It breaks down the sign, the house, the aspects, um, the roving delicate delegates, so that's the rulers of each house and you know, where what's what rule what planet rules my money basically, what planet rules my love and where you can find these like predominant energies in your chart. And so that's my way of giving back to y'all, saying thank you. It's been a year, we've been on the, the air. And I'm I'm living my dream. I'm playing a party like it's 1999. I'm living my dream, y'all. Uh, you can go back in the archives, and it's documented. <laughs> it, you can go back even before then, and I have documented my journey even here, um, hooking up with Brother Ampu, being asked by him to host a show on his network and channel. And then here, just a year after starting this, um, being able to do the very thing that I had in mind. Um, shout out to uh, Minister Drew, the imagination guru, um, because he he breaks down so eloquently and effortlessly and, and intricately and technically and masterfully these mental processes, the very kind of energy we've been talking about a lot so far in this show already, Mercury and Gemini and Virgo, these mental energies um, that have allowed me um, to manifest and materialize my dream of traveling, be, being a traveling and practicing astrologer. So far, so great. Shout out to my mama's babies because that's when I say y'all make it go around, that's what I mean, not the money. I mean the experience of living the dream and us dreaming big together and staying on track and on target for um, continuing to see the bigger picture, continuing to advance and grow and develop, okay? Um, in the week ahead, Monday, June 20th, we start the week off. Um, the moon would have been in that, um, uh, yes, Sagittarius by this point, okay? Coming up on that, uh, coming up to, well, let me put it to you like this. And this has happened before. If you've been listening to this show, this is not going to shock you, but it is it is happening here in at this at the time of the our week ahead and at the Sag, second Sagittarius full moon. The very aspect of the full moon, the sun in opposition to the moon, is activating a void void of course moon. Okay, <laughs> so. When I usually talk about void of course moons, I talk about an energy where nothing comes of seed sown in that, you know, time and space and, you know, intention sown in that time and space, actions taken in that time and space toward a particular end. 
um, having nothing really come of it when I talk about void, of course, moon. The good thing about this void, of course, moon is it only lasts 53 minutes, okay? And it's happening at a full moon as opposed to a moon, new moon, so it's not, you it's, it's, it's fine either way because you can do a lot with the energy however you want to use it. Void, of course, moons are good. The one that we're having at the start of our week ahead is 6.02 a.m. Central Standard Time on Monday, sun opposition moon. There are some things that void moons are good for, and you can utilize that, especially in light of this full moon energy of releasing, of letting go, of things coming to light, of things coming to fruition, culminating. And you can and you can freak it that way, right? So a void moon is good for finishing up projects that you already started before the void moon, which is cool because full moons are um, about finalizing and culminating and finishing things out anyway. Cool. Uh, <clears throat> void moons are good for taking stock, making to-do lists, and finding lost objects. So cool. Maybe um, whatever is being illuminated by the light of the second Sagittarius full moon, helps you find something that you have lost. Um, Maybe um, taking stock at this time, it it comes on the heels of this full moon energy where something was illuminated, where something, a light was shown on something for you. Um, And now you can take better stock of, of just how to flow with this waning moon energy that happens right after the moon waxes. After the moon waxes full, the two weeks following that, that moon, the the white part of that moon, the light, the the part of the moon uh, that you can see, the visible part, gets smaller and smaller as it goes back to noon. And so you can take stock um, at the time of this full moon here early in the rising on Monday in the week ahead um, on things that you want to you know, as the moon wanes here in the two weeks following this full moon, what you want to be releasing, what you want to be letting go of, what you want to be finishing up, tying a a boat on and calling it a day with. (laughs) Um, It is occurring at 6.02 a.m. Central Time, and so uh, during the void moons, rest and sleep tend to be more peaceful. So if you are, if that's sleeping in for you (laughs) like it is for some of us, um, you could that could be some very satisfying rest that you get there on Monday rising. And then uh, also in line with that full moon energy, with the void moon, it's a great time for getting rid of things, getting rid of excess. And so that's also a very full moon type of energy as well. So I've said full moon enough times talking about this void moon that uh, really um, the void moon is initiated by the full moon. So they're inextricably linked this go-round, okay? Um, The full moon, obviously and clearly, since this is the exact same aspect, it's happening at the exact same time, 6.02 a.m. Central Time on Monday, um, is at 29 degrees and 33 minutes Sagittarius, Okay. Uh, big shout out to astrologyking.com for the um, full moon information and breakdown. Of course, I'm always throwing my sense in there. So, um, full moon, just like a new moon, just like this new moon we had here in Gemini two weeks ago at the time where the second full moon comes up next week. 
uh, we were initiating things. We were starting projects, okay? We were starting projects in our relationships. We were initiating new energies there. And since it was a Gemini new moon, it probably had a lot to do about communication and, and the way we move around the movement. Um, the way we move around our messages, communicating, uh, flowing with each other, um, got set off at this time. Okay, relationships of all kinds kinds are being are are being highlighted at this full moon. And as we get there, you can look up in the sky tonight, and it's over half. So we're getting there. Um, and you can just know as you see it in fuller and fuller and fuller that it's it's harvest time is coming pretty much here. Harvest time, uh, completion, illumination, culmination. Um, and under the, the, the full illumination of a full moon, we should be able to see what what is necessary to be fine-tuned that we started when the moon was completely dark. It's a new moon there in Gemini, okay, at the beginning of the month. And so things that the moon represents, like emotions and like instincts, they, they're at their peak. They're at their culmination point. They're at their fullest, uh, most illuminated at that point, okay? And so we're able to see things a lot more clearly and objectively and in a more balanced way when it comes to our personal relationships. Um, we're more able to be in touch with those intentions that we had back at the new moon and, 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 and consider our needs um, now in, in light of it. We're at that op- oppositional point. At the new moon, the sun and the moon were together. The the moon has traveled 180 degrees, 90 degrees by the first quarter moon, 90 more degrees now directly opposite the sun in Gemini at the second full moon in Sag here, coming up in the week ahead. So you get to see, if you get to see something from 180 degrees away, you've, you've seen it. You've, you've, you can now look back at it directly. <laughs> You have a full view. It's a straight line. It's not the 90-degree angle of a square. It's a straight line you can see straight through from one side to the other. It can really be the perfect balance because now you see it from both sides, literally, energetically, emotionally, spiritually. And so relationships, once again, are coming into play with those people external outside of us, but even more, even also, too, internally, full moon, needs and wants. Internally, full moon, intentions and manifestations, okay? And we can see those of others, too. We can clearly see any imbalances causing disharmony within ourselves and within our relationships. And so the influence of this full moon, like I said, is going to last the waning of the moon. is going to last about two weeks until the 4th um, of July when we have the new moon in Cancer, okay? Here at the second full moon in Sagittarius, love and money are on full display again, just like it was at the Gemini new moon with, with Sun and Venus being conjunct, okay? They still conjunct. <laughs> and so... 
Love and money are still being fully illuminated by the sun. Um, love and money referencing Venus, of course. And so, um, once again, here at the, even from that new moon where we had sun conjunct Venus to this full moon where we still got sun and Venus um, and being intimately acquainted, we at least at this full moon point, like I said, we can look back and clearly see any obstacles that are standing in between us and there at that Gemini new moon where we said we want it to be with our love and our money, the objectives, the intentions, the goals that we set for ourselves there just a couple of weeks ago. So as these obstacles, as these, any challenges and tests, um, you know, as things are being pointed out to us and being made clearer, um, we should be getting a, a, a um, an inclination to improve, to make the adjustments, to do the necessary thing. And here at the full moon, the necessary thing is the releasing. The necessary thing is the letting go. The necessary thing is the surrendering, okay? The waning, the winding down, the closing out, the ending, okay? Uh, because all, it's, every, it's all going to be made new again at that July 4th new moon, okay? And so... Um, ideas that you have for improvement it, with your love and with your money, your Venus. <laughs> uh, this is the time at this Sagittarius full moon that it should be crystal clear. It should be fully illuminated to you just what that is. What adjustments need to be made? What ideas are coming to me that I'm writing down for improvement in the areas of my love, love life, and my financial life, my money? Okay. You know, maybe here at this Sagittarius full moon, that's why I called it, uh, you know, making room for adventure. Sagittarius is a sign of adventure. Sagittarius is a sign of going on long-distance journeys, even if it's just in your mind. Sagittarius is a sign of fun and humor. Sagittarius is a sign of going higher. So... What do you need to release? What do we need to release, let go of here, uh, you know, as we're at close out? <laughs> and um, that's going to make room when that when we get that clean slate at the new moon, when we get that, you know, new energy to do something new with. What do we want to have um, improved upon in between now and then? Especially as it relates to things that were shown a light, uh, shown a light on here as we're approaching this full moon. Don't wait till next Monday, early rising, you know, for this energy to show up. Know that it's coming. Know that it's that the energy is is what astrologers call applying, waxing, getting stronger. Okay. Um. Yeah, Sun and Venus is just shining that light on 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 our values, on our love. Um, so much so that if you are single, you may feel a really uh, a more intense pull and need for companionship and intimacy, and um, and and you're not afraid. You're you're um, very illuminated or activated. Your ego is stimulated to want to do something to improve your chances for romance, okay? Um, 
you can manifest this energy not just in a romantic way, though, okay? Um, for anybody single listening, you can also release this ener- this energy, this love energy that wants to be released. You can release it through creative work, okay? Um, any hobby that you don't mind totally and completely getting lost in, that's the one you want to, you know, um, hone in on uh, here around this time of the full moon. So use, you know best utilize this sun conjunct Venus energy. Um, now that the moon is opposing the sun, then moon opposite Venus comes into play as well. And so uh, watch out for that if you're single because this energy does give a tendency to lower your standards just so you can be with somebody and not feel alone. Um, what it is is you're wanting this moon opposite Venus is, is, is stimulating you to want close emotional contact. So I think being even just being aware of that, just being conscious of that fact, oh, I just want to be um, emotionally close to somebody, hopefully that provides the opportunity for you to choose not to lower your standards just to be with somebody and not feel alone, but value yourself, remind yourself of your worth and your value that Venus um, represents, and and do something to enhance those feelings in your life. Do something Venusian, you know, and to enhance your beauty or your harmony or your, you know, sociability. Go out, you know, um, even if it's um, spending time with people you do highly value, like relatives or family or whatnot, friends. So keep that in mind. Um yeah, we're just we're gonna moon opposite Venus also can denote different kind of moods or needs uh, with the people that you're currently in a relationship with. Y'all just may be in different moods. It's not personal here at this Sagittarius full moon. Come on, it's a Sagittarius full moon. Sagittarius freaking rules humor <laughs> and optimism and positivity. So it's likely not personal. And with moon opposite Venus, that's even more reiteration of this uh, energy where people are just going to want and need different things and be in different moods, and it's all good. Don't take it personally. But any, that's easy to say. If there are any simmering tensions brewing underneath the surface in your relationships already, then moon opposite Venus is definitely going to expose them, okay? This is a shine the light on you type energy here at this full moon anyway, and it is moon in this full moon oppositional uh, relationship to Venus, to love and money. So uh, that that's going to go for love and for money. So make sure you're at peace not only with your love relationships and love partners, but with your money as well. Uh, that to me just means no poverty mentalities going on. Once again, Venus is ruling that self-appreciation, that self-value, that self-esteem, and that's just always going to be important so we don't lower our standards when it comes to money or relationships. Um, also, in addition to the sun and moon at the time of this full moon, making an aspect to each other by way of the opposition, which is what a full moon is. And in addition to making an aspect to Venus, the sun still being conjuncted with Venus, but the moon now being opposite Venus. Also, we got a few more other stuff going on at the time of this Sagittarius, second Sagittarius 
full moon at the critical 29th degree <laughs> um, that is worth mentioning. Saturn square Neptune being one of them. This is definitely an ongoing thing. It's been going on a while. Saturn square Neptune is part of this grand mutable cross, Saturn being in mutable Sagittarius and Neptune being in mutable Pisces. Um, but here at this Sagittarius full moon, of course, with Saturn being there in Sag, it's being triggered, okay? It's being set off as a major lunation, a full moon, and it's triggering this Saturn-Neptune square since Saturn uh, is in the sign of the full moon. <laughs> and so you uh, Saturn square Neptune can definitely denote some disappointment, some setback. Saturn is you know, can can be the delays. We're dealing with the square, a challenging energy. You know, we're being asked to turn a corner when it comes to this uh, uh, reconciling this Saturn and Neptune energy. And so um, with this energy, uh, it can extend or deepen periods of grief or depression. Saturn on the low end is that negativity, is that pessimism, is that depression, okay? So ask a Capricorn near you. They can tell you something about it. That's that low vibration of Saturn. Um, That's why it can extend or deepen these periods. It's a challenging uh, square we're talking about here. And so also psychological fears or paranoia with Neptune, okay, being involved. Uh, can overwhelm you, leading to uncertainty. That's Neptune vibrating real, real low. They want to confuse you, want to delude you, want to, um, you know, deceive you. <laughs> but you'll see here with Mercury being involved with this uh, full moon by way of opposing the very Saturn that's squaring Neptune that I'm mentioning, and squaring the very Neptune that's squaring Saturn. Did y'all catch that? Saturn is squaring Neptune at the time of this full moon, and Mercury is making a contact with both of them, both Saturn and Neptune. Mercury by way of an opposition, that just denoting serious thinking and conversation. Saturn wants to be serious and responsible and disciplined (laughs) on on the best end. But on the lowest end, Mercury opposite Saturn can show itself as negativity and sadness. We are talking about mental Mercury, your mind, and and potentially on the low end, pessimistic Saturn. So that's potentially pessimistic thoughts. Um, It can also show itself as communication difficulties and isolation, and uh, you it's an energy where you kind of would rather be alone studying or on the computer, you know, doing whatever by yourself, where your mind doesn't have to interact and engage. I talked to you earlier in the show about Saturn wanting to trim the fat, so it doesn't want to do any unnecessary communicating, thinking, mental processes of any kind. So that's Mercury opposite Saturn, with Saturn squaring Neptune at the time of the full moon. Now Mercury squaring Neptune. That's that mental Mercury again, squaring off with Neptune of dreams and illusions and imagination. So Mercury squared Neptune really can be this energy where your thinking is distorted or confused (laughs) or complicated, you know, complicated discussions and business dealings. Mercury also governs commerce and a certain level of doing business. Uh, the negotiation aspects of doing business. 
So <laughs> definitely at this full moon, watch out for that. Maybe what's illuminated or manifested for you to start making some, you know, improved decisions about where you're headed next, at least by the time of the uh, July 4th new moon, is going to deal with, um, you know, something that was illuminated maybe uh, by way of shady business deal deals. <laughs> maybe something was communicated to you that, that illuminated some, some real manifestations of Neptune going on, and now you can start to, as the, that moon is waning and you're releasing things and you're ending things, you can, well, I know I can go ahead and wrap that up, and that's not going to be the direction that I take. And be confident with it, especially with Mercury going full steam ahead, direct in Gemini. Now, I just read y'all the horoscope. So uh, with Mercury squaring Neptune also, there can be a lack of clarity and there can be misinterpretation going on. So if you do, if you have to do something here around this full moon that deals with negotiations, contracts, business, uh, travel, I want messages. Come on, before you hit send on that text, I want you to double check who it's going to. <laughs> Emails, all that. So um, I want you to definitely read this as a potentially kind of wonky, especially with Mercury and Neptune. Anytime I read Mercury, 12th house, Mercury, Neptune, Mercury, Pisces, I'm reading that energy as a, like a Mercury retrograde. So kind of keep something like that in mind. Um, Mercury being a, uh, a prominent player in the Sagittarius full moon is just kind of saying that communication could be, because we're talking about oppositions here, Mercury opposite Saturn, and Mercury square Neptune. Communication could be a major stumbling block to the successful outcomes we want to have as this grand mutable cross wheel is a turning and we're a changing and an adapting and a flexible, flexible and, <laughs> you know, becoming, uh, if, we, if we're not already a mutable energy and kind of used to that, really sinking our teeth into what it means to be ready for change or to uh, be open for change, changes in our thinking. Come on, changes in the way we communicate, changes in the way we travel, changes changes in the way we do business, changes in the way we think about ourselves and other, others, changes in the way that we move and live and breathe and have our being. Mercury in Gemini governs, governs the hands and, and the shoulders and the arms. Changes in, in those areas as well. Changes in our local neighborhood. Changes in our relationships with our siblings and relatives that we don't live with. <laughs> I'm mentioning a lot of Gemini stuff right now. Mercury is in Gemini since Sunday after all. So I'm still kind of reiterating that energy and information to you as well because Mercury is going to be in Gemini at the time of the full moon as well. So with that being said, I'm going to hit y'all up with these um, full moon second go-round, <laughs> full moon in Sagittarius horoscopes. Absolutely no way are they the same horoscope. <laughs> that would be so horrible. No way are they the same horoscopes from the uh, full moon in Sagittarius from last month in May. They are completely different. So here we go. Sagittarius, you know you are up on deck first because it's a Sagittarius full moon, part two. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so this, once again, is highlighting your first house, Sagittarius, and <clears throat> this is often a time when we're talking about full moons. You, you, you. This is a time of reaping what you've sown for, for you specifically and more, most importantly, Sagittarius, being rewarded. The full moon's in your sign. You think the full moon ain't going to shine a light on you, Sag? Most of all, uh, it's also a time of being rewarded for the good and smart and punished for the reckless and lazy. This is the second consecutive full moon in your sign, though. And with Mars retrograde um, having begun in your sign in April, Sag, you can see everything kind of come full circle, okay, Sag? Come to an end or culminate now. You're going to see it like ain't nobody else going to see it. And it might seem like it's all coming down on you at once, and it can make you very emotional with this full moon. But you can close a lot of chapters on some things that have been lacking and ending. Hmm. The full moon in your sign can be a a good time, Sagittarius, for rewards, for smart moves. But you can also see more problems arise, right, from laziness, irresponsibility, and stupidity. Always do your homework, Sag, and think things through. Pisces, you can reap what you've sown with your goals and career because your 10th house um, is being highlighted, Pisces, and you can hit a high point with something you've worked hard and smart at or experience setbacks and delays with something you've been irresponsible or reckless with, Pisces. This is uh, this being the second consecutive full moon in Sag, and um, Sag being the sign that Mars started retrograding in, you can see many things wrapping up, culminating, coming to an end with this full moon, especially as it pertains to your goals and ambitions. You can make important decisions about your goals and the path you're on in life. Um, you can be rewarded for hard and smart work in your career or with the goal or punished for bad work and irresponsibility. Even with the setback, though, Pisces, you can work on your plans either way. <clears throat> Gemini, um, we uh, full moon in Sagittarius is highlighting your house of other partners, relationships, okay, Gemini? You can settle issues in your relationships, walk away from a relationship, Gemini, or take one to the next level. This full moon can bring the culmination or completion of events or problems that may have begun with Mars retrograde in April and expanded on into May. So this can be a full moon full of major energy for your relationships, Gemini. Try to make decisions that make sense. The full moon on the 20th occurring in your relationship sector means you can work on making some relationships better that need your attention and let go of others that aren't salvageable, Gemini. If you can't salvage it, Gemini, let it go. And... I mean, come on, we're, we talk about all kinds of spiritual things on the show. Can you really let someone go, so to speak, um, energetically, yes, you can. Energetically, yes, you can cut cords, Gemini. If you need to, um, some information on how to do that, you can look that information up or you can talk to me. I'll share some personal experiences with you as well. Um, but, no, we, we're all connected, so you don't, 
you're not really severing anything uh, ultimately. But if that is a energetic step that you need to take to make a power move in another direction, to to let this new moon, July 4th, is coming up next, be your next best new moon, then, yeah, you may need to um, allow this full moon in Sagittarius, since it is in that house, Gemini, of others, be one where you <clears throat> are able to focus your energies on letting go, releasing, cutting emotional ties and cords that, that, str- that are strangling the life out of you and release yourself into some new energy here in, with, with the new moon and cancer coming up next month that allows you to make a new home within yourself and wherever else you want to lay down roots. Okay, um, Gemini, Virgo, here at the Sagittarius full, the second Sagittarius full moon, you can focus on emotional issues, settle disputes with family or resolve issues at home. Fourth house of home and family that I just got through mentioning that governs cancer as well, the new moon of next month. Um, This can be a period, Virgo, where you finally eliminate problems that have stirred up deep emotions or make you feel your foundation was shaky or to settle problems with family or at home or at home within yourself. Aries, uh, your ninth house is being triggered. Y'all just forgive me. I am working with this high altitude. We're going to work it out. I haven't had this issue in a while now since the season started already changing, but um, we're going to work it out. Thank y'all for uh, bearing with me and being patient while I, my sinuses are doing what they do at this new altitude. <laughs> um, Aries, ninth house, you can settle a legal dispute, okay, um, at the around this full moon in um, Sagittarius, the second one. Uh, you can defend your beliefs. Um, it's actually occurring in your Sagittarius house, Aries. So you, you like your sister sign, Sag, y'all can really see this. Second Sagittarius full moon. I mean, come on, it's the second one. How powerful you think it is? It's at the critical 29th. It, it ain't nothing but 29, technically 29 degrees. That 30th degree that uh, <clears throat> that would be there is really the zero degree starting the next sign. But it's the 29th. It's the 29th out of 29. So. And then it's in your Sagittarius house, Aries, and it's a Sagittarius, the second Sagittarius full moon at the critical 29th degree. So I'm, I'm emphasizing this, Aries, so you'll emphasize it. And you'll emphasize this ninth house energy uh, that's going to allow you to finally address um, any issues and settle them that may have been stirred up with Mars, your ruling planet being retrograde and that may have potentially got a lot worse in May. You're finally going to be able to address them and figure out a way, figure a way out with this full moon. You may find that being more positive and thinking in in more expansive ways are the best way to find a solution. So Aries, tap into your inner Sag. It's a a sister sign to you. It's still all about that fire, that passion. Okay, that intensity of energy, but it's higher. It's ninth house. It's going higher. It wants to be more optimistic. It wants to see the bigger picture. It wants to look on the brighter side. It wants to find the highest solution for all parties involved. Okay, 
Leo, um, Sag full moon is actually going through your Leo fifth house. So you're experiencing fellow fire signs of Sagittarius. You are experiencing this full moon, second full moon in Sag in the very house of fun, of enjoyment that rules your sign. You know all about it. So you're going to be able to settle issues in a love relationship, Leo. You could potentially also end a love relationship as that full as, the, as that full moon starts waning and, and getting smaller. You could be letting releasing uh, a love relationship, letting it go, or you could be taking one to the next level. You know, you can also in that way you could be re- releasing and letting go of some things that can't stay. If you are going to move forward in, in a love relationship, you might have to let go of some of them. Uh, you know, <clears throat> the names in the phone because <laughs> you're moving. The, the, if if you're moving forward in something, if this isn't a time of endings for you, but you're beginning something, trust me, there's still stuff you can do in the vein and the energy that's right in line with the Sagittarius full moon that's going to benefit you. Maybe there's something you need to release, let go of. Um, Leo that's getting into a relationship, taking one to the next level, that's going to benefit you and the relationship. Um, Leo, you could also feel more inspired, and you uh, you could want to be more positive. Um, yeah, there again with you, Leo, something that started in April with that Mars retrograde and got even more expanded in May. Um, means that you can make important decisions about the love in your life and who and what you love. Yeah, so it's either going to be the ending, uh, ending or culmination of something that started, you know, before Mars went retrograde. Um, but Leo, you can uh, become more committed with someone. And uh, you can meet somebody new also that you feel a soul connection to. Um, or you can, you can walk away from something that you don't feel has the right connection, okay? Taurus, uh, for you, second Sagittarius, full moon <clears throat> here in the week ahead. On Monday the 20th means that you can focus on issues you hold deep inside of yourself. Eighth house here. Um, that you need to let go of and can deal with the more extreme emotions you have. Um, This can be an excellent period for you, Taurus, for wrapping things up and closing the book on issues or problems that came up starting in April and got worse in May. Um, Your relationships have likely been way off uh, since Mars has been retrograde in your relationship sector, Taurus, and you may have a lot uh, to work out once it's over after June 29th here at the end of the month in the, our next week ahead. Uh, you can work on making things right again with your loved ones once it does go direct at the end of the month, and you can be less frustrated by them. Uh, the full moon here on the 20th in your intimacy sector can help you to work on letting go of the relationships that won't develop any further than they already have, Taurus. You don't reach the end of the line with some folk stories, and that's just, it is what it is. And so hopefully that conscious awareness is information and energy you can take with you to really do what the title of this show says, make room for adventure, make room for humor. You don't forgot how to laugh, Taurus. 
because you don't fool with some folks so, so long, just cycle after cycle, cycle after cycle. And this this second Sagittarius full moon at the critical 29th degree in your eighth house of going deep and psychological and intimate and, I mean, the taboo, come on, of, of, sh- of people you share resources with. I'm here to let you know, Taurus, you don't reach the end of the line with some of them. And so may that help you and bliss you with this second Sagittarius full moon that you can, to a critical 29th degree, let them go and release them to their highest good, okay? Capricorn, <laughs> you can focus on on issues from the past, okay? You can. It's the Sagittarius full moon in your 12th house of the past, of the subconscious, so you can face subconscious motivations, or you have to let go of something that impacts you emotionally. So this full moon Capricorn can bring the end or culmination of something that began in April or May and got more intense or energized in May, and you can see things wrapped up now. Capricorn, it's a good time for moving on and letting go. Cancer. Uh, with the full moon in Sag, second full moon in Sag, going through your sixth house, you can settle work disputes, finalize work projects, quit a bad habit, or focus on eliminating stress from your life. This full moon is the same sign <laughs> as the Mar- Mars retrograde began in, and so you can see some things wrapped up now or that come to an end or culminate with this full moon, okay? And so... It's really really great for you, Cancer, because we're talking six house of daily habits and routines. That's wonderful. If you need to let go of something that's in your routine that's not helping you to to maximize this adventure, this long distance journey, your optimism, your higher learning, this is the full moon to let it go, Cancer. Perfect. Um, for Scorpio, <clears throat> second house. You can settle financial issues, Scorpio. You can finalize financial agreements. Second house is a house of stability, Scorpio, so listen up. You can end financial projects. You can focus on your sense of safety, security, or confidence. And um, you can really see the culmination or end of something um, that began around April, May, maybe got more intense or worse. And so it's important for you to make a responsible, practical decision. Second house is all about security, Scorpio. You're going to end up releasing, letting go of doing uh, things in light of this full moon that's going to be waning up until the new moon of July 4th in Cancer. You're going to be checking to see, is it practical? (laughs) Is it practical for me to hold on to this, or is it the more responsible thing to let it go? Scorpio, you're going to be thinking in those kind of terms because second you're going to want to be secure. You The second house is a fixed house. You're going to want to be stable. You're going to want to be fixed. And whatever you decide, oh, baby, that's it. Because uh, that fixed energy can also be determined. And so good for you, Scorpio. Do, do the dang thing. And with a full moon happening in your second house of personal finances, hey, ain't nobody going to be mad if as a direct result of this energy. See, people don't link this energy. They're not going to think that if I let something go, I'm making room for the, that new new that's coming July 4th. 
they're not thinking in terms of an astrological calendar like that, of a lunar calendar and lunar cycles like that. So, yeah, it's going through your second house, Scorpio. So the, 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 the full moon energy work that you do could, could end up fattening your pockets. Mama Dada told you first. <laughs> All right, Libra. Uh, you can say what you mean, and you can mean what you say with the full moon in Sag. God, first of all, full moon in Sag is all about that truth. Sagittarius is an energy that's all about honesty, truth, justice, right? Laying down the law. <laughs> and definitely um, it, it can be a real blunt, you know, because it's, it's that uh, the arrow that's going to pierce through, right? They just going to say something, it just pierce right on through. You don't even know what hits you. But, it, you know, they had that optimistic, positive spin on it, so you can't be mad at them. <laughs> but, uh, Libra, you're dealing with this Sag full moon through the third house of communicating, okay, that Gemini house. And so you can say what you mean and mean what you say, feeling more of a connection to words and wanting to express yourself, wanting to communicate, Libra. You're an air sign, so this shouldn't be real foreign to you. But, of course, Gemini is a another air manifestation than Libra. Um, it could uh, really bring the end or culmination of something that began in April, became energized in May, and you may finally see the results here in June. So make sure you think things through. <clears throat> it's a mental house being stimulated for you, uh, uh, being illuminated for you. Um, and so don't let yourself down, Libra. Um, just seeing if anything else comes to me to tell y'all, Libra. Express yourself, Libra. Just think twice, of course, before you say anything uh, while Mars is still uh, retrograde until the 29th. And then begin the seat look after that, uh, Libra, after the 29th and Mars has gone direct. More manifestations of these things that you do. Once you did think twice what you did say, what you did communicate, because you're feeling more of a connection to words, um, you know, it's time to dispatch full moon. In your third house, watch your words, you know, really come to life. <laughs> really come to life for you, Libra. That's air on air. With fire, Sag is the fire, Libra, it, it going through uh, Gemini, uh, Gemini house. That's air on air with, with fire. So let the passion and the fire of the Sagittarius full moon, Libra, let it burn within you. Let it burn within your mind and your and the words that you speak. That's I, that's why I'm making an emphasis on it because I want you to sense, Libra, the power of your words, the passion and the power and the intensity behind your words. That's why you have to think things through, okay? Aquarius. <laughs> You can let go of a dream. This is going through your Aquarius house, Aquarius, okay? So this should be really a full moon where Aquarius and Sagittarius is already a sextile. So it's already this positive, harmonizing, divine opportunity um, when these two energies come in contact anyway. <clears throat> so you can really, Aquarius, let go of a dream for your future or make more progress with one. It could go either way. Any. When the light of the full moon shines, you know, who's to say what we'll decide when it comes to our personal relationships, when it comes to our relationship with ourselves, 
okay? So you can let go of a dream, Aquarius, or you can make progress with one or go move forward with a dream, Aquarius. You can settle an issue in a friendship or eliminate a friendship. <clears throat> you can take on a bigger role in a group or you can leave a group. You see what I mean? Something comes to light, such and so is stepping down because of this. You know, this this thing came to light. And so that whatever came to light could be like, uh-uh, I don't want to be a part of this group. I'm out. Peace out. Or it could come to light and, and cause you to, you know what, that was some messed up stuff to happen. Let me step up in the, within the context of this group and make a, and be the change that I want to see. So that's what I'm saying. When things are illuminated, when things come to light, when things come to fruition, when you get make that 180 degrees and you see everything for what it what it was, is, and has been, <coughs> who's to say what you'll choose, which way you'll choose? But this the, these are some of the energies coming up for you, Aquarius, here at this second Sagittarius full moon. Um, keep in mind, Aquarius, culminating, wrapping up. This can be a especially true with your future dreams, and you can make the decision to give up on one you've had a hard time letting go of, or you can finally see hard work paying off and giving you new hope with an old dream, okay? New hope, breakthrough energy. Come on, Aquarius, y'all know about this 11th house energy that the Sagittarius full moon is going through for y'all. Breakthrough, a, a lightning, sudden reversals. Unexpected surprises. Come on. Let that energy infuse you, that fresh breakthrough energy. Okay, Aquarius? And then uh, we've got short, I mean, minutes after the full moon. We've got the moon entering Capricorn. So this full, I mean, we had full moon in Sag last month. We're having the second one this month. I think it's okay that what? 40 minutes after the full moon that the moon enters a new sign. You know what I mean? So we're getting um, shortly after this full moon introduced into this um, moon entering Capricorn energy. So whatever is illuminated for us, no matter what your sign is, at the time of this Sagittarius full moon on Monday in the week ahead, you're going to, that same day, minutes later, we're going to be emotionally satisfied to get to work, okay? Capricorn's real serious about what it's doing. <laughs> uh, we're not really hanging out, you know, just chilling when the moon's in Capricorn. <clears throat> when, when the moon's in Capricorn, you're not going to take somebody and say, I'm chilling. They're going to be like, I'm working on this, I'm doing this, okay? It, we want to feel productive. We want to feel like we're doing something that has substance to it, and Capricorn's ruled by Saturn and karma. So we want to do something where we get something out of it, just like most, all other Earth signs. <clears throat> we mean business. And whatever emotions, uh, you know, because full moons are also about that real emotional intensity, like I said, um, the, the very things that the moon governs, emotions, instincts. Um, emotional habits, uh, an element of routine. Um, these things are going to have emotional force with it, right? At this full moon, it's going to be potent, potently on display and lit up. And so we can take that energy 
and we can apply it with the moon entering cancer just minutes after this full moon. We can apply it to whatever we need to along this process and journey that we're on, okay? And and the process and journey we'll be on at this point is releasing, letting go, saying goodbye, closing out, ending in whatever ways it is um, manifesting in our particular lives and scenarios and situations and experience. Moon and Capricorn is going to emotionally satisfy us to be very disciplined, to be patient, um, to, to push past any difficulties, push past any obstacles. We're going to be very satisfied to do that. Like I said, we're taking all those emotions from the full moon and we're putting it, applying it to whatever work needs to be done. That's why we're able, while the moon's in Capricorn, to forego satisfaction of short-term gains for longer-term achievement. That's why we're able, when the moon's in Capricorn, to delay gratification, to get the job done. We got things to do. We got common goals we on a mission towards. You know, we got things we got to release and let go of it so we can be ready for this July 4th new moon in Cancer. Come on. What you want to initiate that's going to make you feel more at home? What you want to initiate here at July 4th that's going to add and enhance, add to and enhance your residence, your property, your home, your family, your stability, your stru- the structure in your life, your emotional foundation. And so um, we're also, once again, Capricorn being ruled by Saturn, we're going to be emotionally satisfied here in the week ahead to trim the fat. We're going to be in full mode, second Sagittarius, critical 29th degree full moon mode anyway. We're going to be ready to let cut some things loose and let some things go anyway. And you got the nerve to have the, let the moon go in the Capricorn, and we're going to be ready to trim the fat on top of that? Oh, yeah. So not only are we letting stuff go, but we are – Capricorn does have an eye for value, and so we can more than likely let some things go and trim the fat in such a way, a precise way where – uh, we're we're max what what we do have left once we've let go of what no longer serves us once we've let go of what has run its course once we have let go this is we let go with love we're not letting go of stuff that gets on our nerves we're not letting go of people that you know we just can't stand we are letting go of things that are no longer serving us if we have not figured out. <laughs> You know how to use some of these Sagittarius, you know, especially since this is the second time around. If we have not figured out how to utilize optimism and positivity and humor and and and, and raising someone's, you know, consciousness higher, the the higher learning aspect of Sag, and and you still hitting a brick wall with somebody, that that's that's somebody you that's somebody you got to release. When positivity don't work. <laughs> When humor don't work, when, you know, Sagittarius is also very spiritual. That's why it wants to take you higher. You know, come on. Faith and belief won't work. It works, y'all, but some people are just real stubborn. And Capricorn kind of is a stubborn energy, too, but it's stubborn about getting something done. Okay? 
And so um, it, it, we're going to be emotionally satisfied to focus on our ambitions, um, you know, where we're headed. We're not going to be trying to stick around old stagnant energy that we need to be releasing and let go, of, letting go of anyway. So keep that in mind. Um, any type of business you want to need to or want to handle, you figure after this full moon, got to get handled. Oh, I'm trimming that fat. I'm not dealing with this anymore. I'm going to go ahead and make these necessary steps because ain't nobody playing no more. I'm getting down to business. I'm handling my business. You see what I'm saying? Trimming the fat. <laughs> Anything that's around handling your business after this full moon, and I mean about 40 minutes after this full moon, here in the week ahead, go for it. Uh, money, uh, money um, investments, considering such things are, are ideal. Uh, 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 Capricorn is the boss, so if you're acting and speaking with authority, you know some of these things that got to get let go of. You're not asking if you want to get let go. You're not doing that. You're not seeing if it's okay for the per- you to let something go. You are taking on an air of authority and an air of uh, in, in, in your behavior and in your speech that lets everything, every energy, everybody, every spirit, everything in your sphere know that this is not a discussion. This is I'm making an executive boss authoritative decision, and I'm letting this go. I've already decided that. And so um, uh, Saturn is also about long-term things. So what you're do- what we're doing here at the beginning of next week is, is karmic. It's going to have long-term effects. It will be emotionally satisfying to us to take control of a situation that is keeping us from going on this great adventure, this long-distance journey, going higher, growing, advancing. Um, some of these other energies that are around this full moon energy here in the week ahead, 9.55 a.m. Central Time on Monday, we're dealing with Mercury opposition Saturn, still lighting up this grand mutable cross with Mercury being in Gemini and Saturn being in uh, mutable Sagittarius. Thought patterns can be real negative, okay? Just be on the lookout, Um we could be thinking real pessimistically, and we could be communicating reluctantly or sparingly. Like I say, Saturn wants to trim the fat. We could be trimming the fat on our communications, and other people can be doing that with us. So don't take it personally. This is what's going on. It can be difficult to trust our instincts because Saturn can be so pessimistic, okay? And so we could find ourselves second-guessing things just off top. Um, we could be dealing with red, a lot of red tape, redoing tasks we thought we had finished, um, problems getting from point A to B, point B. Here's a second energy um, aside from this, the Mercury square to Neptune at the time of the full moon. This Mercury opposition to Saturn uh, is also giving off, both of them are giving off this real Mercury retrograde type of feel. So just be on the lookout. Um, delays in communication. Um, negative thinking and criticism could be some lower manifestations of how this can crop up in yourself and others. Um, just a little more on Mercury squaring Neptune. Um, it could be really hard to follow facts, directions, and instructions during this time. So pl- 
like in a Mercury retrograde, like I'm saying, to kind of read this energy as you want to plan ahead. You want to be very detailed in your planning as it relates to communication and travel and business and negotiations. This is the real deal. During a grand mutable cross, don't play. <laughs> Mercury immutable Gemini square, Neptune immutable Pisces. You could have difficulties concentrating. You could be questioning facts. If you're just questioning, you know, Neptune is on the low end could be confused. And so you 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 may want to avoid being pinned down for answers, you know, if you're if you're not being deceptive, you don't really have to worry about that. But it it if you're a liar, <laughs> this energy might not bode very well for you. Um, it's a really bad time to sign on the dotted line any negotiation contracts if you can't avoid it. Have, have, have professional eyes look over it, please, before you finalize anything. Don't trust your ability to read that fine print and just be like, oh, I got it. I figured it out. Let a professional pair of eyes or at least a second pair of eyes look at it. Uh, perceptions can be confused. They can be unrealistic or too idealistic, and conversations may be really vague as well. That's another way this can play out. Um I, I know for a fact I'm not going to get through all of the <clears throat> sun and, and Venus entering cancer there um, in the week ahead. I will read for cancer just so y'all can be, like, good to go, and I'll have to do the rest of them next week. <clears throat> but for my cancer, since Venus and the sun and Venus is entering your sign in advance, a week in advance, Happy solar return to all mama's babies that are cancers. And this is my present to you since I'm not able to read for all the signs I'm going to read for your sign. Um, This can be a great period for you this year, Cancer. It is your new solar year coming up, okay? You are setting off the next 360 degrees. And, you know, the world is your oyster right now. The spotlight's on you. It's your birthday. It's your birthday here in the week ahead. And you can be comfortable in the spotlight. I want y'all to also keep in mind, sun entering cancer also denotes the summer solstice. We're going to dig into that a lot more deeper um, next week as well. But back to my cancers, um, you can also feel comfortable in the spotlight getting attention and praise. You can be more affectionate and loving, romantic and charming. Single cancer, you can find it easier to attract people to you. While it's in a relationship, you can turn up the romance cancer because you're going to be feeling yourself, and that's going to trickle out to everybody around you. Um, You can be open with your thoughts and opinions and ideas, and you can share what's on your mind and what you've been working on. You can get something new going, a new project, journey, venture, or idea, and you can be excited about it. Just like the first house that's ruled by Aries and Mars, it's that excitement. You in and and you're out. You want to everything. Just like a new moon, everything's not going to take off. But while the energy's hot, Cancer, roll with it. If you got a lot of ideas coming at you, write them down. You can have renewed energy and enthusiasm, Cancer, and you can't wait to get going. You may come across as more positive, energetic, or driven. You may come across more like an Aries, (laughs) Cancer. Since uh, this, the sun and Venus are illuminating that house for you. All right, you Cancer, you've been dealing with um, the sun and Venus going through your twelfth house while it's been Gemini season. So you've been playing that twelfth house background. You've been tending to yourself in meditation and confinement and and 
you know, your imagination, imagining this new year ahead for yourself, Cancer. So that's exactly where you were supposed to have been. And now here in the week ahead, you're going to start feeling the spotlight shining more on you. Uh, Venus is already there as of last week, so feel the love, receive the love, see the value in yourself, Cancer, as others during this Cancer season do the exact same same thing, but they're only going to do it in proportion to the degree that you are loving yourself, appreciating yourself, esteeming yourself, recognizing and acknowledging your worth, your value, okay? Cancer, I value you. That's why I'm putting you on the spotlight, Um, even though I can't go through the rest of the signs today. Um, feel free to contact me. You got one click access to me in the episode uh, description below, uh, and just email me. I'll give you everything I've got for your particular sign if you want it. And then by the time we get on the air again next week, um, it'll be Wednesday, June twenty second, three fifty seven a.m. Central. Actually, before we get on the air, um, the moon goes void. Forget this. Eleven hours and eleven minutes. <laughs> 11 hours and 11 minutes The moon is void And then there in the afternoon 3.08 p.m. Central Time The moon finally enters Aquarius So we'll we'll be breaking through The airwaves at around that time Being emotionally satisfied To do something new um, to, to be friendly but detached You know uh, loving humanity, contributing to evolution, connecting with everyone no matter how different. The more unusual, the better, thinking outside of the box and thinking cutting-edge ideas. So won't you join? Utilizing technology and social networking and group energy, ooh, that gives me an idea. So <laughs> I won't brainstorm on the air, but I do want to say um, thank you, thank you so much for joining me again. Um I, the the journey that I've been on with my mama's babies to have subscribed to the monthly service has been amazing. Um, when you subscribe to the monthly service, you get the weekly transit report. You get the weekly phone call. And my mama's babies here lately, just because I've been so inspired, have been getting an additional weekly bonus report. And <laughs> that I'm always figuring out ways to just give back, show my appreciation, and just Express my thankfulness For a divine opportunity To be doing what I love Traveling the world And teaching and learning astrology Like nobody's business So thank you for participating with me I love you guys Stay connected to my astrology coach And peace and I say till next week